podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. John, you want to do some for real or for gazes? Let's do it. All right, for real or for gazes, we do this segment on every Thursday episode, the final episode of each week. We do it to lay out some Texas storylines, some NFL storylines, and we get outside of football from time to time as well. The way the segment works is I read a sentence to John. John agrees with it. He says it is for real. If John disagrees, he thinks that what I just said is silly, stupid, or false. He says, Gazy. Gazy. It's Italian for counterfeit, fake, or you're stupid, Sean. Uh, so let's get to that. Uh, let's start with the Texan ones. John, as we know, C.J. Stroud made some comments on Sunday about the Texans offense needing to be more explosive, almost it seemed like kind of questioning play calling possibly um, with Bobby Slowick. That's how it was taken, at least by some in the media. They asked CJ about those comments in his Wednesday press conference this week. John, for real or Fugazi, CJ Stroud was calling out Bobby Slowick. Fugazi because he said in the same answer, didn't have anything to do with the play calls. And of course it did, but I was, I listened. I don't think, that's the way you man it. The problem is when you, you can't just do something because you want to do it, you got to do it based on the coverage. And if they're playing back, you got to learn to throw in front of him. You got to hit those crossing routes to Nico Collins more than throwing the ball down the field. He's got to throw the ball better, shorter. John, I like that. I, I think D'Amico Ryans is creating a culture and an environment where guys are allowed to be honest with stuff like this, you know, where they're, they're, and I'm not saying CJ was calling out Bobby Slug, but I think CJ was pretty unvarnished in his comments. He was pretty raw in his comments compared to what we've seen from other quarterbacks under other head coaches here. I can't imagine Davis Mills saying some of the things CJ has said in some of these press conferences. Um, and so I, I like it. I, Bobby Slowick was on Adam Schefter's podcast this week. Like when was the last time we thought a, that the organization would let their OC do Adam Schefter's podcast and B that they've had an OC who's actually interesting enough where we want to hear what he has to say on Adam Schefter's podcast. I, I, I love the, just the change in the overall vibe of this team, not only on the field, but just the way that they, the way they seem to be handling the forward facing aspect of the organization. If that makes now, sense. We've got a lot of guys doing national shows led, led by D'Amico. Yeah, it's been great. I think it's I think it's been really, really good. It's been great for content, no doubt about that. Um, John, uh, it looks like Titus Howard is going to start at left guard again this week, at least according to some of the footage that surfaced from uh, the time where the media's allowed to shoot uh, footage at practice this week. For real or Fugazi, Titus Howard at left guard is malpractice. Oh, boy. I'm going to say uh, Fugazi again because Fugazi. they want the best ones on the field. George Fant has played Sucks at left well. guard, John. And so then do you bench Titus, get him off the field? Because if you move Titus back to right tackle, then who do you put at left guard? And so I think if your idea is to get the five best on the field, you got to have him there. But if your your idea is to weaken a position and put somebody else at left guard, they might be actually worse than Titus. Yeah, I just, you know, I think what we're learning is like we, we're treating offensive line positions like they're all the same in that respect. Then, you know what I mean? Like if we're saying we just got to get our best five guys out there, okay, well, you got your five most talented offensive linemen out there, but like Titus Howard as a left guard is not the same person as Titus Howard, the right tackle. And that's it's like, the truth. Yeah, it's, it's bad to me. Oh, well. Um, 
All right, let's see. Do I have any? Those are my two Texan ones. How about this one, John? Uh, tonight, the Titans play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm actually very excited to watch that game tonight, by the way, to get first look at Will Levis, who had uh, a huge week last week for the, uh, for the Titans. Um, so uh, Will Levis is going to be the starting quarterback again. Uh, John, if Will Levis stays healthy, for real or Fugazi, Ryan Tannehill has started his last game as a Tennessee Titan. Absolutely. Mike Vrabel says it'll be Ryan Tannehill when he's healthy. Tannehill's done a really good job of helping Levis. And uh, people in Nashville are going crazy. I do two shows up there every week. And as I pointed out, didn't Marcus Mariota do that too? Throw four Did you point that out to them, John, when you're oh, on yeah. up there? And they're good like, yeah. And I said, see, you got to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Mike Tomlin is not going to let DeAndre Hopkins catch two long touchdown passes. Yeah. They just won't. And it was a great debut by Levis, 130 rating. He was tremendous. He should play the rest of the season. They should never see Tannehill again. He's gone after this season. And uh, But people, the expectations now are so high, and that would just be unfair, especially going against a coach like Mike Tomlin. Um. Yeah, tonight might be a wake-up call for for Will Levis. This you know night game, primetime game in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm very very interested to watch this game. Me too. But if he does that again, not four, but say he throws two and no interceptions, yeah, then everybody is really going to have to take notice for sure. Absolutely. And and you know what, John? Then week 15 and 17 with the Titans and the Texans get really really interesting. You know that that those become. Those become must-see games later in the season, if that's the case, if Will Levis is the real deal. And we know uh, what's happened you- when uh, C.J. Stroud goes against the other rookie quarterbacks, got beat by Anthony Richardson, got beat by Bryce Young. Okay. Well, John, that's just – you're just a big spoil sport right now. So why are you reminding me of that? That's uh, But you're right. They are. He's 0-2. I didn't even think about that. I forgot about Anthony Richardson just uh, in, in, uh, in week two. Um, all right, John, Josh McDaniels fired for the second time in his career fired partway through his second season as a head coach Matt Patricia fired Bill O'Brien fired uh, Brian Flores fired Romeo John Cornell fired Romeo Cornell fired John Ferrelli Fugazi the Patriot way is dead Eric Mangini fired yeah absolutely the Patriot way is dead that's the Brady way you look back Tom Brady made a lot of people look really good mm-hmm. and if you stretch it uh, Ziegler just got fired as general manager. Yeah. He came and now Casario, John Robinson was fired during the season last year. Jason Light at Tampa Bay and, and Nick Casario with the Texans. They're two of the few who are still working, who came out of that organization as general manager. Scott Pioli was the first. He got fired at Kansas City. He's in TV. So the coaches and the GMs who came out of there, in other words, stay away from the Patriot way. Austin Fort is a Patriot guy too, is he not, John? Didn't he? Uh, he is. My, he was with the Texans twice before yep. he was with the Patriots. But, yes, he came out of the Patriots. He's with Arizona. So the odds are in a couple of years he's going to be fired too. Well, if he gets fired, then he's a Patriot problem. If he goes on to be successful, he's part of the many, many uh, fruits from the, <laughs> the Texans, Texans tree. robust tree. Yes, absolutely. The absolutely. Charlie Casserly tree. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's right. D'Amico Ryans isn't a Kyle Shanahan fruit from the tree. He's a uh, Charlie Casserly. Char- Charlie Casserly drafted him in 2006. He sure did. 
he gets credit for it. Um, all right, two more, John. Um, the Astros are ongoing, or the Astros have an ongoing managerial search. We know that we've seen some names pop up in the rumor mill. Craig Council, a few others. They're they're undergoing a long search. But John, for real or Fugazi, this is really just the Joe Spada, Joe Espada invitational. Fugazi, I think uh, I'd love to see it be Espada, who's had six interviews and hadn't gotten a job. Not as many as Eric Bieniemy. I read today Bieniemy's had sixteen interviews. So Espada would be a very popular guy to continue the stability. Dana Brown did a news conference on. Uh, Wednesday, and I read the stories in the Athletic and uh, MLB.com and in the Chronicle, and all of them said they're going really slow compared to the other teams. Now, maybe slow means they ultimately will go with Joe Espada, who's been their bench coach since Alex Cora left. Um, I know a lot of people would like to see that. Milwaukee Journal says Craig Council, who's the best prospect out there, Astros are interested in him, but they haven't interviewed anybody. But if I was taking a spot against the field and Dana Brown to be in the new GM, I and, and Brown will hire, Bagwell will not, and yep. Crane will sign off on it. I'm thinking it's the field over a spot. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I, I mean, for look for one guy to be favored over everybody else, it would have to be a pretty, pretty substantial. Uh, lead that he has on the pack and I guess the lead that he does have is they know him already you know and then hopefully for him for his sake hopefully that's a a positive it seems like he's very well liked in the building over there my last one yeah last one John um Bobby Knight passed away yesterday at the age of 83 very accomplished but very controversial um complicated is a word that has been used quite a bit in the last 24 hours to describe Bobby Knight uh John Farrell or Fugazi Bobby Knight was just misunderstood. Fugazi, he was a jerk, could be a jerk, and he didn't care he knew it. He hated the media. One of his quotes I remember reading, most of us learned to write from the seventh grade, and then we go on to better things. And uh, there's a great column uh, in the Indianapolis Star written by a long-time sports editor at the Bloomington paper who was really good friends with him. I read every word. It told me all kinds of things about night behind the scenes that he did that he didn't want people to know that he did it was just outstanding he was a great coach flawed personality he didn't care if he didn't like something he told people he didn't like it he had a terrible temper but i think history will remember him more for his greatness as a coach and his controversy because of his temper yeah amazing results would not have functioned well in the new era of collegiate I don't Ooh, think you would either. I don't think the transfer portal and NIL would have been up Bobby Knight's. <laughs> <laughs> Just a guess.